0: We have always existed, and we are still here Telling the stories of those slum-dead, we won't disappear We're taking the pen back into our own hands We live and we breathe and we keep creating Taking a stand, history is clearer than
1: Welcome to the Making Queer History Podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Will. And today we're going to be talking about Dwayne Jones, which is a very interesting story. So I'm I'm very interested to go into it. And actually um, this is one of the stories where I did a lot of research that I didn't really get to put into the article, which is always an interesting situation because like, yeah, there's just things that you can't really translate into an article sometimes without it seeming weird or maybe just not fitting or not working or whatever. But in in this case, I get to talk about it on the podcast, which is so exciting. And I get to share, but first we have to do news. So we're gonna go through that really quick first, and then
2: we'll jump into the story. So for news, we have, for those of you are listening to this as soon as it comes out tomorrow we have our queer arts market here in edmonton
1: exactly so only patreons this this only matters to patrons really and only if you've literally listened to this within hours of it coming out tomorrow's the queer arts market we're gonna be there we have these absolutely gorgeous bookmarks that dean designed um, I'm actually completely in love with them. I'm I'm personally thinking that if it does well here, that maybe we'll keep them in stock, maybe use them for, I don't know, patron rewards. I don't know, I don't know, we'll see, right? Or maybe just like a surprise gift for patrons, cause I, I like, I'd like to be able to do that sometimes, cause we always wanna send a thank you to all our fantastic patrons. If you check out
2: our Instagram, you can actually see a picture of them mm-hmm. and you can see how absolutely gorgeous they are. Oh yeah. And just Dean designed them perfectly. They're gorgeous. I would
1: love to like do more of these. But anyways, that's not what we're focusing on. We're also going to be selling these amazing queer books that have been donated to us. And I'm just so excited. There's so many. They're, They're right now piled right behind where we are recording. And our cats are sleeping on them. But I promise none of them are getting injured in the cat's naps but there are some really amazing books in there. We've gone through a whole bunch of them. Uh, one of the really cool ones we found was this um, sort of almost a phone book where it had lists of all these queer places and it had lists from Europe, Jamaica, Canada, and the US. I think all of North America it had actually, I think it had Mexico as well. But either way, it, had, it just lists of all these queer places with like phone numbers and addresses and like what they were And i was just like and it was from i think the 70s maybe the 80s but either way i just thought that would be such an interesting artifact to have and i'm totally gonna let someone buy it i'm not gonna stop them but you know if it's left over i guess it's left over and i get to look at it and call every single one of the numbers and see you know, what they are, what they're doing. We were just talking with a friend, joking about how we'd go on like a road trip and see like which ones are still queer places, and probably um, about 2% of them still are, (laughs) but a solid 2%, a strong
2: 2%. But it's a nice little piece of history to sort of have access to and see the history live. Exactly, I think it's pretty incredible. And I'm just really excited
1: to sell all these books because We've also gotten some books donated from different like booksellers around Edmonton and some of these books, like I know the regular prices of them because, you know, I love queer books. So I I've, I've seen them. I I know how much they cost. And some of the things that people have donated are like I know at least one of them is like this $40 book and we're going to be selling it for $1. And I'm just completely enamored by that idea. I love the idea of selling these books for so much cheaper so that you know queer people can get them and actually have their hands on them especially in the beginning of pride month because you know it's pride month we're supposed to get that stuff and it feels like we're being taken such advantage of by corporations at this time right so it's really nice to maybe not like reverse it cuz we're not taking advantage of corporations yet soon hopefully going to but- get there We'll get there, I promise, but at the very least, we're sort of just like changing the dynamic a little bit, you know, selling it for super cheap and, you know, making sure that queer people have access to these things that I think should be in queer people's hands. And I'm just really excited about this queer market in general. I hope it goes really well. I'm really nervous for it because, you know, I'm doing my best. I worked really, really hard on it. And you know i'm really proud of a lot of the work that i've done and i'm really proud of the amazing amazing vendors that we've gotten involved with this and you know yeah i'm just really really excited very nervous so you know if you do see me there please be gentle with my tiny gay heart i'll be so excited to see you and do say hi if you know you're going to be there say hi and be like hey i listened to you and That'd be amazing. I, I don't know that I've ever had someone approach me in that way. Well, actually, I've had a couple friends be like, oh yeah, I didn't know you were that person. I've actually listened to your stuff and I've been like, whoa. But I've never had someone who's a complete stranger be like, you are the human who does the thing and I am the human who does this thing. So, you know, maybe that'll happen. I don't know. Either way, it's going to be really exciting. It's going to be really fun. Both me and Will will
2: be there. I am so hyped. I am beyond stoked. Yeah. For this market. Oh, yeah. And also, if you go to the market and listen to this podcast because you met us at the market, hello! Yeah! I hope hope you're enjoying your ride.
1: Yeah! I hope you, um not disappointed after meeting us and seeing our charismatic, beautiful self to only be able to hear our charismatic, beautiful selves.
2: And not see our faces. Yeah, because
1: we're so cute all the time. I know that's a pain for you, but you know, that's sometimes That's just how, how it is. Me. Um, Other exciting news, Literally the day after the queer market, so um two days from me when this is literally being recorded. Will's leaving, I not am. permanently, not permanently. I'll come oh, back. Again. Will Will is going to still be on the podcast. Don't worry, and you know, still be my wife, of course. But they're going to Norway because they got this awesome job opportunity in a museum. Cause they're
2: so cool. I try my best, but yeah, I'm really excited to work at this museum and. It's going to be weird not being here, but I'm also excited to still be able to be on the podcast at least.
1: Yes, we're going to have Will through Skype, so there might be audio issues. It might be a thing. We don't know yet. It's going to be interesting, and we... we're going to do our very, very best.
2: We're figuring it out as we go. And do you know what else you've done? What have I you done?
1: You just wrote an article.
2: Yes, I just wrote an article. I also just made a zine. I've done many things lately. You have. If you check out our latest article on Zdenek Kubek... I wrote that article uh, with the help from Laura and yeah, give that a read. It's a really interesting, interesting article that I had a lot of fun researching mm-hmm. and a lot of annoyance researching too.
1: Oh, yeah, because um, this is a uh, Czech athlete, right? Mm hmm. And a lot of the sources aren't in English, and they're also not in Norwegian because Will knows two languages, but they don't know three. And that became a problem. And, but it was, I also got to like look a little bit into it, and it's really, really interesting story. And there were some really interesting perspectives on it, and you should really, really check out that article because it's amazing, and I'm really proud to have it on the site and really
2: proud to have watched it be created because it was beautiful. Thank you. I also uh, just recently made a zine Mm -hmm. on pregnancy as a trans mask person Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be giving out on the Queer Arts Market tomorrow. If this is the research that resource that you would like to access feel free to email us mm-hmm. and i can send you a pdf copy yeah you don't I'd, have to be here yeah you don't have to be here because this is like i said i'm giving it away i want this to be accessible for everyone so yeah do that mm-hmm. and it's gorgeous we'll like even do some pictures i am not an artist but i have an ipad and a stylus and that's almost the same thing you actually don't have a stylus you I have, a, have a, stylus. a stylus and you stole my stylus i gave it back Yes, but you stole it
1: for a significant period of time. That is true. Which was like a day. Um, but I also have two styluses, so I was fine. And I also don't use them constantly. But, you know. But yeah. I feel like I deserve the credit. I um, do. Lending you
2: a stylus. <laughs> you really saved me. Mm-hmm. So message us if you'd like to take a look on that. Mm-hmm. Other news that we have? Other exciting news Pride Month.
1: It's Pride Month. If you're hearing this and you're a patron, it's Pride Month right now. And that's so exciting. Who's needed Pride Month? Me.
2: I'm putting my hand up.
1: I'm putting my hand up. I've I'm needed Pride Month so much this year. I'm
2: putting both my hands up.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh, Just up. Yeah. Okay. Fine.
2: Fuck you. Either way, I've
1: needed Pride Month this year so bad, and I'm glad it's finally here. And I'm I'm sort of glad that I get to start off Pride Month with a big screw you to corporations who are trying to take advantage of our community by opening this amazing queer arts market and you know they're going to be a couple things like sort of similar throughout the month in edmonton so you can probably check those out i do have a preference for ours because ours is amazing but i'm sure those will be great too but either way just to kick off the month really good way to go into it and I'm really excited for a very interesting Pride Month, because if you listen to our last podcast, you know there's a lot of stuff going on in Edmonton, and I'm very interested to see how it all pans out. And yeah, so Pride Month is happening. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of queer drama, but there's also going to be a lot of queer love, and both are very, very exciting to me. So go out there and be gay. Oh yeah, definitely. And also, feel free to use any of our resources if you need it. If you're like, A, you're like, I want to share queer history with other people, maybe in my family, my friend group, whatever. And sort of show them that there is this basis for me, that there is this version of me in history, right? We're here. We got you we got you there's so many amazing stories or if you just need a little pep in your step or boost or whatever you can check out our uh happy ending stories and they're all the stories from queer history that have happy endings and don't have a tragic you know stuff a lot of them do have tragic stuff but really really thankfully not all of them do and you can read all of those amazing articles and just sort of see all the cool
2: things and cool people who are part of your history and also see that there's the possibility of happiness definitely because I think that's an important lesson to know as a queer
1: person I totally agree and you know no matter what I'm excited to be a part of this community for every month but specifically pride month and
2: then later wrath
1: actually every month is wrath month
2: I'm sloth month that's fair
1: you're not sloth month at all Will's a liar. You heard all the things that they were doing. Will's a liar. That's fair. Did you hear all the things they are doing? They're like, like I'm making like a, a, a zine. I'm like working in the queer arts market. I'm helping with podcasts. I'm like helping with articles. And they're like, and I'm going to a job in Norway. Yeah, I'm just like, I'm just so slothful. I just don't do anything. And the rest of us are sitting here like, a little bit fuck you, but continue. (laughs) Like, enjoy your life, but a little bit fuck you. Whatever, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. We're excited. We're excited and happy for Will, but we are calling Will out as not being a slothful person. That's like 0% of your personality. Okay, like 2% of your personality I have seen you in the mornings.
2: Yes, that is There's an a solid actor. 2%. Mm,
1: maybe 5. I'd I'd be willing to give 5. <laughs> Anyways, um I guess it's probably time to move on to the story, which before we jump into content warnings because this one's going to be a rough ride. So, content warnings for violence, death transphobia, um homophobia, homophobia, awful people. Um, there actually is gonna be a, a significant talk of violence, so I would actually, you know, make sure because this isn't one of our happy endings, unfortunately. So just really keep that in mind and keep that in your heart and prepare yourself or tune out, whichever one is best for you. We trust that
2: you know yourself. So, content
1: warnings done. Will, do you have something to say? It seems like you have something. To say. So, Dwayne Jones
2: is one of the people that are a little, little bit difficult to find information on. Definitely. Especially considering that they're such a recent person.
1: Oh, yeah. It's always
2: interesting with with
1: recent stories, like, the balance of how little and how much there is. Because, like, sometimes there's just, like, this huge wealth of information. Like, one of our most recent articles of uh, Tatiana, um, which was this lesbian, who had a blog I was able to look through, which was amazing. But there was so, so, so much resources of her and her life and her friends and her family. But Dwayne doesn't have that. And that's not entirely uncommon for this kind of situation because people haven't treated it like history yet because it feels so current events. And I guess like you can argue if it is history, but you know, either way, it's an interesting story. And it's one that I think should definitely be told.
2: So Dwayne was a a trans woman Mm -hmm. in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little uncertain because a lot of the people that she was surrounded with uses he, him pronouns for for her so
1: it's a little hard to tell if that's misgendering or if it's just a difference in like yeah how like she liked to be preferred like in different circles because you know certain trans people like prefer to be called different pronouns in different circles or in different situations which is totally normal and totally okay but it's sort of hard to tell with this one especially considering so many of her friends were are people who are continually marginalized and whose voices are not being amplified in the story and, and other people who, you know, their voices are being amplified are generally not so good on trans things. They're, they're not going to be the ones who are really strict on gendering her correctly. Um, but yeah, she she was friends with a lot of, like, drag queens and other transgender
2: women. But sorry, I, I interrupted you. It's all good. Thank you. Um, so she was born and raised in this place in Jamaica called Montego Bay, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in an area called Paradise Row. And she growing up had, specifically growing up as a person who was assigned male at birth because she went through a lot of struggles because of the way she acted and behaved. And she was bullied in school for being too feminine. And she also didn't have an easy home life again for being too feminine. And she, at, when she was 14, she was, she was thrown out of her home by her father when she was 14 and then she was run out of her neighborhood with her father and her neighbors literally running her out of the area. Yeah. Cause they they knew she was queer and- And they wanted her out. Yeah, which must have been a really harsh reality for her to live with and really really difficult for for some months she slept in bushes and on benches and in park and anywhere she could she could find a space and then she found this uh, empty government building that had been empty for years and there she also there she squatted uh, alongside a couple of other people who were also queer and also thrown out from their families and their home and they had their own family and uh,
1: Duane specifically along with a lot of the other people who are a part of that sort of community really loved dancing and actually you can still find videos of her online this is one of the things that I wasn't really able to put into the article so much because I did watch these videos uh, of her dancing and her with her friends online and you know she wanted that's what she wanted to be she wanted to be a dancer she wanted to be you know she was so young she wanted to be the next Lady Gaga exactly and I mean that's a very relatable queer dream
2: I've met a lot of queers who who definitely feel that she was also aware that it wasn't very like for her to become the next Lady Gaga even though she wanted to and loved dancing and performing. She was also looking into becoming a teacher and looking into work in the tourist industry so she was looking forward. She had all these opportunities ahead of her. She also had these two really close friends that she lived with called Kiki and Chloe and they were trans women in their early 20s and they really attached, got really attached to Dwayne and they after Dwayne died. They kept talking about how how she was so bubbly and full of life, but also a bit of a drama queen.
1: Yeah, which you know, do what you gotta do. And it's- also, like y'all are queers,
2: y'all know how we are. Y'all know how we are. That yeah, that's just that's just how it is, honestly. So yeah, Dwayne was sort of living her best life. She had this chosen family of other queer people. She she went dancing. She wore gender-reaffirming clothing and, and she did what she wanted. Mm-hmm.
1: A much better life than she would have found with her family. Oh, if definitely. Had, I don't think she would have there was any situation which she could have said if, no matter what, if like, she had been there and continued there, yeah, she wouldn't have had this. She wouldn't have had these friends. She wouldn't have had these really strong bonds who, you know, ended up becoming her family and ended up really, you know, y'all know how it is. Really connecting and really finding themselves with each other
2: we've all had queer pals who just aren't just pals they're family yeah and i'm glad that Dwayne found it. yeah but then when she was 16 she went to her first non-queer specific party yeah and she danced with a cis straight man who when when someone else out at Dwayne, started asking really intrusive questions. <laughs> double checking, are you a woman? Are you a girl? And and Dwayne kept telling him the truth that she was. <laughs> and after this, Chloe tried to pull Dwayne away and said, just leave it. Just, just, just walk away. There's nothing you can do. But Dwayne turned around and said one more time, no, I am a woman. And then this man and all his friends attacked her and ripped off her clothes and murdered her yeah and
1: we're not going to go into details because that's not what we're here for that's not what you're here for that's not what anyone i don't think anyone needs that that's not what we're here for go to a true, true crime podcast if that's what you want right but it wasn't pleasant and there are a lot of details on the internet if you want to look for them you can definitely definitely very easily find
2: them. we will have a whole bunch of sources yeah, in as part of this podcast. so if if you want to know more, you can look there.
1: Yeah. and Ian, you know, again, I'll warn against doing it if you're not fully aware of what you're going to get into. I know that there were some really upsetting images for me, ones that I never forget, and not only images, but you know, stories of what happened and how it happened. and but suffice to say, she was murdered by these men.
2: Chloe got away. Yeah. managed to escape and i don't remember where they found Wayne the next morning but it wasn't it wasn't pleasant <laughs> again let's not get into too many details um the the men who attacked her were never persecuted yeah and even though they were at a party with 300 witnesses or so no one came forward. No one came forward, and the news reacted
1: to this. How the news reacts, it was very sensational. It was it was not a pleasant story, so it was up in the front right. And the media loves their tragic stories. Yeah, their tragic trans. And there, there, before this, actually, there had been uh times article about how Jamaica was the most homophobic place on earth
2: and that was in 2006 I believe Dwayne died in 2013 so this is like even a whole bunch of years later yeah and this article
1: still to this day is is so impactful in in Jamaica because it sort of dismisses Jamaica in this way it's like well
2: you know It's, it's the most homophobic place, so... What do you expect? Yeah, there's nothing else. Like, you you know, almost like a write-off. Yeah, and like, almost like you shouldn't exist as queer in Jamaica because what else do you think is gonna happen? Mm -hmm. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of victim blaming there. There's a lot of
1: uh, assumptions that this poor queer woman could, could get out. Like, like, that was a possibility. It, it wasn't,
2: she side note. stood no chance yeah. for that.
1: And um, not only that, but it's really dismissive of how progress happens. Because it doesn't happen from every queer person leaving. And I'm not saying a queer person should ever, ever put themselves in danger or in harm's way to, you know, be a part of that journey for anyone or any country, but that's how it happens whether i think anyone should do it or not we do it and just by existing we do it and just by existing we put ourselves in danger at the same time it's it's this double-edged sword it's you'll by existing openly as queer you'll be a revolutionary act but at the same time by existing openly as queer you will always 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 be in danger no matter where you are No matter what country, there's always a danger. And that's something that every queer person I know has had to make peace with, or if not make peace with, acknowledge. And it's something that Dwayne acknowledged and knew. It wasn't like she was, she didn't know what reality was. It wasn't like she didn't know how the world was. She just took the incredibly brave step of still being herself in reaction to that. And unfortunately, the world doesn't always reward bravery. Sometimes it rewards awful men who do awful things. And this story got a lot of traction, as we said. It was on all the global news outlets about... Another story about how hard it was for, you know, queer people in Jamaica. Another story, exotifying queer people in Jamaica. Another story, dismissing being, being, queer people in Jamaica. Being straight up tragedy porn. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely. There were, I think in our article, we, we probably go into a lot more detail than we go into here. And that's a lot because there are details that you need to share. And we do put trigger warnings around it. But here it's it's hard to even... Like, it's hard to say it out loud. Just because, you know, it no matter what, it's a 16-year-old kid. Like, when I wrote that, I was younger than I am now. But even then, I was like, that's a 16-year-old. And people are, are treating it like it's something to be gawked at. When it's a 16-year-old child. That's a child. And I don't think a child should ever be used in that way. to, Or should ever be victim- blamed in that way. Like why was she even there why did she do this why did she do that questioning all the choices she made when she's 16 years old when we give so many other 16 year olds so many excuses for what they do the men who attacked her were not 16 years old and they knew what they were doing they made choices that were much worse than the ones she made and we don't treat them the same way that we treat her and we forget and the news
2: forgets to tell us she was 16 and it's when you say that a place is the most homophobic place i think it's a little bit self-fulfilling
1: and what good does it do what good does it do to call place the most homophobic place on earth because do you know what it does it encourages charities not to send money there it encourages people not to give money because they're like well it's a hopeless cause it encourages apathy and hopelessness and it encourages the people who are the homophobes they're so proud of themselves they feel so proud of themselves they've made their country dangerous for queer people and they have a little medal on times showing that they did it i just can't imagine what kind of good that would do and As someone who's always been incredibly interested in journalism, not every story is told because it's good to tell. You can see that by the fact that we're telling this story. Because it's good to tell or because it's easy to tell. But we choose how we frame things. We're not journalists here. We're writers in history and stuff like that. You could bendingly call us journalists. I don't know. You'd have to really stretch Mm -hmm. your definition. But I can't imagine what they thought they were doing right in that why they thought that was the right choice to make outside of it get people to pick up their thing.
2: It's also... I haven't read the the Times article. I haven't. But I am assuming that they cut short of the history of why Jamaica is so homophobic.
1: I think they included some of it. I think I
2: I, I remember reading it I think.
1: And shocker everyone, the reason or a part of the reason that Jamaica is so homophobic is colonialism. I know, we've never said this before, but it turns out colonialism is a homophobic force. It's always queerphobic. Colonialism is in its essence queerphobic, and it affected Jamaica in that way, and that's not to ever take onus off the people who made the choices that they did. Because right now, people in Jamaica are making choices. Maybe they have that indoctrination, and they do have that history of colonialism, and we need to interrogate that, but that does not ever dismiss the fact that they made these choices they're not children they know what they're doing so yeah this is a short one because there's not much else to say she was 16 years old she didn't have the chance to live the life she should have gotten she was 16 years old
2: and she was a drama queen
1: and a diva and when a horrible man said horrible things to her she insisted she knew who she was because she did
2: that's worth a lot. lot yeah I think that's all it
1: Yeah. So moving into the next segment, I don't know how we like sound
2: cheerful after that. I'm not. I'm not sure if we can. And I'm not talking about a sad thing. So yeah. Can you think of a sad thing? Have you experienced any sad queer
1: content lately? No, we we keep ourselves pretty far away from sad queer content. Like um, I've, I I I have um. A lot of siblings i'm not sure if anyone well if you know me you know this about me i have a lot of siblings and one of them uh approached me this one time with uh, a queer recommendation about like uh the aids epidemic and i just i i looked at them and i was like no and don't recommend that stuff to me because in my job these are the stories i read and i've read more than just the story of Dwayne jones there's a lot of stories that don't get on making queer history that i've read And there are a lot of pictures that I've seen of queer suffering. There's a lot of stories I've heard of queer suffering and I am not able to engage with that in fiction. I categorically refuse to engage with that in fiction because give me a goddamn happy ending, please. Show us that we can have them, please. Anyways, that's a complete side note. I don't have any sad queer recommendations for that reason.
2: Yeah, I read very few sad queer books. Mm -hmm. But for wrecking the queers today, we have both recommendation and a wreck. Oh, we have a wreck. We have a wreck. I'm so
1: excited. Exactly. So Alice, our amazing audience member, sent in a correction for us. So basically, in our podcast episode on partially Marsha P, I think yeah, it was a partial Marsha P podcast. It was our Black Queer History Month. Yeah, which we're we're still sort of in the middle because it sort of coincided that um because you know during Black History Month. Uh, in February, we we write articles only about, you know, black queer figures, because, you know, fun times, it's good, it's good time. Um, So it sort of coincided that at the same time that we'd like just finished doing a round of podcasts for black uh, queer history, we moved into, in the articles, February. So it's just this really long stretch of black queer history, which I'm really enjoying. I'm really enjoying covering.
2: And I find delightful. So, so anyways, more to the point of the
1: mess up we did. So what I said was, and this was because I had read a source a while ago and I didn't remember it correctly. So that is on me. I should have reread it. It was a book that a friend. Li- Anyways, I don't need to give excuses. Y'all know I messed up. It happens. So basically, Marsha P, what I said was that she went under male pronouns and would like ask people to use her birth name for a while and like in certain situations. And we talked about how like trans identities were complex and shit. What really was going on was she had a male persona that was again under her birth name and yeah it was a persona not the same thing there's a little bit of a difference there um you can definitely read more about it it's in a couple different sources and i would warn against like like some quick trigger warnings there's some real gross ableism in a lot of the sources that people use around this and including the sources that i read which is why i didn't directly quote from the source because I was like that's ableist as heck because it really directly um, was like schizophrenia equals violence basically and like how it was like possession and stuff like that that was just yeah it was really ableist. So I'd keep an eye out for that if you're going to do more research into this. We're also going to be adding a little correction into the notes of that episode. I'm going to be doing it after I talk to Alice again because I just want to make sure they were on the same page and so that like I didn't miss another mess up or something because I don't want to like accidentally not you know fix one of my mess ups. So here's the correction here. It's gonna be in the show notes. I'm gonna make sure you know, I hope it it goes everywhere because like Podbean's a little weird. but it's gonna be in the show notes in Podbean. So that is the wreck. We made a mistake and we've been thoroughly wrecked. We've been thoroughly wrecked. Go team.
2: Okay, now Will is time for the Rack. Rack, yeah. So I recently read this fantasy book called The Bone Witch by Byron Chipeco. And I went into it thinking it's it's going to be like a fantasy. It's going to be a regular fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nothing, nothing special, but it looked cool. Mm-hmm. And it seemed to have a really interesting magic system. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening is that I really enjoyed this book, so much so that when I finished the first one I immediately got the second one on my library app. Which is a great sign. Shout out to Libby for being a good library app. Shout out to libraries.
1: Yes. As a concept because incredible, amazing, spectacular, stupendous, groundbreaking. Continue.
2: You're right. And then I, I, I lent the second book and I read it in like two days because I got really enchanted with the story. And in the first book, there's like a couple of gender non-conforming characters. Like you have this one character who was, sorta of described as like he's he a theme pronouns and is like, I guess a man. But also very gender non conforming. Yeah, also very gender non conforming and he 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 engages in um, in things in traditions that only supposedly um, people who are assigned female at birth can can engage with. <laughs> and there are a couple of very, very gender non conforming characters. And then the second book you have a at least one outright queer Romance or couple, and they're very outright about it. They're very. I was surprised because I suddenly saw them sort of in the background, being like, and they held hands, and I'm like, okay, is this like their friends or is panic? this like what is up? And mm-hmm. then a couple of scenes later, they were explicitly talking, like explicitly not explicitly talking, but like insinuating hardcore that they had like slept together, and one of them were blushing. It was really fucking cute. Nice. And it's just it was just like a a nice surprise to get in the book. Mm-hmm. And there's also another blossoming queer romance that seems to be like a really slow burning romance. Because I finished the second book and it's not yet happened, but I'm 90% sure that someone has a crush on someone and I'm like actually engaged with it, which is really nice. nice. And it's, they just been, they haven't been like oh, like intensely queer books, but they're like, this, this good, this good fantasy book with like Little dashes of queer romance, and I think it's really neat. It makes me really happy, and it's especially since I stumbled, sort of stumbled upon it because I didn't expect it to be queer. Yeah, and then it was, and that is always delightful.
1: Yeah. So, um. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear an anti-recommendation? Yes. Uh, warning. I don't know. That's that. That, that seems wrong. And I, I want to like clarify that what I'm about to talk about is the first book in a series that I think gets better as it goes and I know that there are queer people who are fans of the series but I just reread the first book because you know I read it when I was a bit younger I think I was around like 16 maybe when I read it the first time I shouldn't have been reading that when I was 16 anyways and it is Soulless by Gail Carriger, I think and I was really disappointed by this book um specifically because of queer things so that's why I'm bringing it up now um basically It's like this sort of um, steampunky thing with like supernatural elements, which I wasn't disappointed by. I thought the romance was cute. I thought like the characters were lots of fun. It wasn't like super deep or anything, but I didn't pick it up because it was super deep. I picked it up because it was pretty. And unfortunately, I got blindsided by the gay character of the book who is the gay best friend Ooh. really hard. Ooh,
2: it's always a bad sign when you say the gay character of the book. Yeah. It's a bad sign. Yeah, because
1: it, it, it insinuates that they're, it's one it's one. And technically there are actually more gay characters in the book. But this is the gay character of the book. And the other gay characters of the book are like like going off him. Like they, they're not a part of the story. They're only ever related to him. And like I don't know if this is just me. But he's gay. And he's a guy. And he's a vampire. And he's sounds very- like a good mood. It sounds like a mood. It sounds like a mood. Unfortunately this is very clearly written by a woman. You know when a woman writes a gay man and you're like, I'm not sure if Gail Carriger is queer herself. I have no idea. I don't know anything about the author outside of she uses she her pronouns and from all intents and purposes that I've seen is identifying as a woman. Correct me if I'm wrong. But you know when like a woman is clearly the one writing the gay character specifically because the character only exists in relation to to the 30-something-year-old woman. I don't think this woman's 30-something, but you know what I mean. Yes. And, like, he's very flamboyant. He's, for some reason, incredibly captivated by her life. The the straight woman, who's so incredibly interesting that he completely abandons his, what could be, like, a really cool life. Because, like, he's a vampire. He's not a part of any of the clans. He's a rebel. And, like he has like this whole sort of like group of like vampires that also follow him but they just don't explore it at all and again first book in the series but like it feels gross when you read it it's not super and it's very gay best friend vibes and it's very stereotypical gay vibes it's rough And again, this might be me misremembering because I read this a long time ago. I read the first book very recently, but I read the series a long time ago. But I remember that a little later on, there's a lesbian introduced and the lesbian's attracted to the main female character, which is just disappointing. Like, I don't like female characters when everyone's attracted to them. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I think that's very unrealistic because I've never met a person everyone's attracted. I've never met a person that more than two people are attracted to. Mm -hmm. Like the most popular girl in my school. I can only remember two men being attracted to her at once, or two boys, because it was high school. Two boys being attracted to her at once. Mm-hmm. Like this idea that there are like 30 people and like two. Yeah, it's just not realistic. And I was really disappointed by the book, especially the queer element. There were some fun other parts. And you know, if you want that, enjoy yourself. And I'm not like shaming anyone who likes the series. Maybe it gets a lot better as it goes on. I know there's like a spinoff series. I think that's queer centric. Maybe she gets really, really better, but I really wish it wasn't at the expense of a gay man in the first book. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's not going to pick up the second book, yeah, it was rough. So that's my anti-recommendation. That was my wreck. Oh, that's my you rec. wrecked it. I wrecked it. I love it. All right, I think that's all for Mm -hmm. today. Um, If you want to support us and keep us going and make sure we don't starve to death and make sure I can pay rent and um, pay Dean for the amazing bookmarks that they made, pay those artists, um, please become a patron. We would really appreciate it. And it's very, very helpful. As we mentioned earlier, some research books are $40 for one book and we need more than one book to research queer history. It's horrifying how expensive it is. I think we did a thing where we were like we we did a dream list of like everyone on our our list because we have a specific list y'all. We have a list of people we want to write about and we went through all of them and we found every single one that had a book about them. Like specifically about them. And we put them on a Google Docs and then we got the cheapest online price like we didn't even because usually if we're going to buy one we're going to look for a queer bookseller if we can't find one you know what can you do we're not going to buy from Amazon though but whatever that's its own thing but we're looking through and we put all the prices together very cheapest we literally used an app to find the very cheapest books. And I think it was like, it was something ridiculous. It was like, it was like $270 for all of these books. And I think it might've been more than that actually.
2: Mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, but it was, it was yikes, yikes. And that's removing everyone. Cause we didn't include anyone that was over 50. Cause we're like, that's just out of our range right now. We would like that to be within our range. That'd be super neat. But if you want that to happen, become a patron or maybe be like, Hey friend, you, acknowledge queerness, acknowledge it with me in a podcast. It'll be great, and maybe they'll become a patron. Who knows? It's a journey. Either way, we're really happy to have you here. And if you're a patron, you get the podcast
2: early. Uh, make sure to check out our website, yes. www.makingqueerhistory.com. Um, you'll find links to all our places. You'll find a link to our Patreon so you can support us. you find links to all our social medias, which is a Facebook, a Twitter, an Instagram, and a Tumblr. You'll find links to our, our uh, links to our shop. You'll find links to all our lists of articles, to the podcast, to everything we have to offer. Mm-hmm. Will be on that website, and
1: you can find the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. In addition to um, Podbean, Google Play, or Google Google Podcast, something like that, Apple podcast and you know if you have any suggestions for where else we should put it please tell us it's also on patreon and it's also on our website
2: so you know you have plenty of places to pick from Mm
1: -hmm. all right thank you so much for listening yeah and remember history is queer than you think
0: we have always existed and we are still here telling the stories of those slum dead we won't disappear Into our own hands We live and we breathe and we keep creating Taking a stand History is great day.